Greetings, Whovians! This week we'll be dipping our toes into the history of Doctor Who, learning about all of the classic Doctors. Are you ready? Let's do it. seen every episode of the new Doctor Who, the reboot that started in 2005, but I haven't seen any classic Who. And I'm a completist, so I've been really curious about what happened in the past on this incredible show. So I sat down with Doctor Who expert Jacob Finkel, who gave me an incredible history lesson, told me all about classic Who, about each of the Doctors and their personalities and what made them unique, and it was wonderful, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Coming up in just a second here, a couple of exciting things to tell you about. Last night, I sat down with Zach Gandra to record a couple episodes of his podcast, Losing Our Religion. Zach was in episode 86 and 87 of this podcast just a couple of weeks ago. We had an amazing time talking to each other. We we really, really love talking to each other. So we did it again last night. That'll be coming out uh, within the next couple of weeks, and I encourage you to check it out, losingourreligion.org. The Trial of John Carter from my other podcast, Sci-Fi on Trial, just happened a couple days ago on my YouTube page live. Uh, you can find that at youtube.com slash Sci-Fi. Even though this is my other podcast, I'm actually not going to edit and release this episode as a podcast. I'm just going to leave the video up on YouTube, so if you want to experience that trial, you got to head over to my YouTube page to check it out. We had a lot of fun. It's about uh, 37 minutes long, I believe, quite a bit shorter than, than the trials we've done in the past. So I'd love your feedback. I'd love to hear if you enjoy seeing that live or if you prefer the podcast format. Uh, and you can always write to me at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. I just finished my watch through of Babylon 5 season two and holy shit, uh, man, there was some intense, intense episodes towards the end of that season. I'll be talking to Douglas Gale about that uh, when he comes back to talk through season two sometime in the near future. I also watched the second episode of The Orville and I still like it. Uh, you know, last week I told you about my initial thoughts about the pilot and I felt very similarly about episode two that it was it was fun. I liked it. It made me feel good to watch and I'm excited to watch more. I do. I do recognize that the humor, uh, the word that keeps coming up is puerile. The humor is maybe puerile. That doesn't bother me. Uh, I, I don't mind if the humor is not not necessarily that funny because I really like the look of the show, the feel of the show. I like the characters and I'm I'm excited about it. So I'm taking a stand. I like the Orville. <laughs> a lot of people out there really don't seem to care for it that much, but I like it and I recommend it. The new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery, starts this Sunday, September 24th. I am oozing with excitement. I can't wait. So next week's episode of the podcast will be my first reactions to Star Trek Discovery. I don't know if I'll be alone or talking to someone else. I haven't made that decision yet, but I do know that right after I watch that episode, I'm going to record something that I can put out for you very quickly to give you my thoughts as soon as possible after the premiere on Sunday. Although my birthday's Monday, so I probably won't do it Monday. I don't know. Maybe I will. I don't know. Plans are bad. I'm bad at plans and also speaking. So the first episode of Discovery is going to premiere on CBS, and then every episode after that of the 15-episode first season will be exclusively on CBS All Access. It's a new uh, subscription on 
It's a new online subscription service for CBS, and it is the place to watch Star Trek Discovery. If you have not yet signed up for CBS All Access, do me a favor, click the link in the show notes for this episode to head on over to CBS and sign up. If you click that link, I will actually get a commission because I'm a CBS All Access affiliate. Uh, You'll get a, a week free to try out the service, and then as long as you confirm your subscription after that, I will get a commission. I'd really appreciate it. You're probably signing up for CBS All Access anyway just to watch Star Trek, and you might as well help out this show while you're doing it. I would really appreciate that. Speaking of helping out this show, I need more reviews on iTunes. It is my new goal as I hone in on episode 100 to climb up the sci-fi charts. I want to show up on iTunes when people search for science fiction podcasts. I want to be there because I think that this show is is fantastic. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but all the incredible conversations I've had over the last couple of years on this show I mean so much to me, and I want to get it out there. I want to share it more, and I need your help. The best way to do that is to leave a positive rating and review on iTunes. So there's a link in the show notes to head on over to iTunes and, and leave that review. I would love for you to, to click that link as well. Okay, let's jump in the TARDIS and travel back to where it all began with the history of Doctor Who. Podcast. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. That is your last name, right? That is my last name. Okay, you got good. It right. I didn't fuck up early. Yeah, yeah. Well, we could have cut that. We could have, but yeah. we'll this see. would be an easy one to cut. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I am not a Seattle native. I moved here five years ago. I grew up in upstate New York. Oh, cool. Um, but I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> um an elementary music teacher and choir conductor and i am also a proud geek nice and we actually met because uh my friend naomi who's been on this show a couple times actually uh she sings in the seattle jewish chorale which you conduct exactly yeah that's one of my choirs and i actually just took over that choir two years ago now and it's been great that's awesome. Yeah, the concert was really cool. I I mastered she she like hired me to master the album that you guys produced and she said it was the first uh professionally produced album of like Jewish Hanukkah. choir music. Oh, is it Hanukkah music? Yeah, it's, it's a very specific first. <laughs> yeah, what, we'll what is the it. first? The first It's the first um professionally produced Hanukkah album in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and that was very, I was very proud to be a part of yeah. that. So then I went to the concert and then uh, saw you guys perform. And you have a great stage presence oh, as a conductor. Well, thank you. Do you, you hear that from people? I get that a lot. And yeah, I'll, I'll admit a tiny bit of that is um, it's based on some research I did oh, um, cool. in school where um, there's actually a lot of research that what an audience sees has a huge impact on how they perceive a performance. And actually some studies suggested what they see is more important than what they hear. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I, I took this class in college where we, uh, it was a music class. It was a like audio production class where we mm-hmm. had to learn all the tools for recording and then actually make something with those tools. 
And then our final project was just to make a, a song or whatever audio we wanted to make, but it had to have a visual component. And it was oh. so interesting to be in this class where basically the only language that we had used was audio. And then to yeah. put video on top of it, the way that people perceived whatever I had done with video on top of it was completely different, you know? Like, no one notices the song when there's a music video happening. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or if they do, it's like a very, it's a very different experience than if you, you know, hear it for the first time outside of that context. Exactly. I think, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, so, so the day I met you was at that concert, and then I was told by, I think you and by Naomi, that you are one of the biggest Doctor Who fans in all of the Pacific Northwest. That is me. Yeah. You you actually, you, ti- you titled it somehow, and I don't remember what you said. Oh, uh, gosh. That's so far that's Yeah, I so know. Far in the past. Uh, like something about you being like the, the biggest uh, fan or having the most, like biggest collection or something. I don't remember exactly what you said, but it was very intriguing. <laughs> I, I would be shocked if there is anyone in the Pacific Northwest who has a bigger collection of Doctor Who, um, video material than i uh-huh. do for sure maybe that's what you said yeah. because that's actually a big deal with doctor who because so many of the episodes are lost yeah and i have found online reconstructions of every single lost episode and watched all of them nice um yeah they ha- take sort of like still um photos and we have all of the existing audio that still exists right um and they sort of sync up photos with the audio okay and um it's sometimes pretty watchable (laughs) (laughs) that's a resounding endorsement there you go yeah it's such a fascinating story i guess i I read about this recently i guess the bbc used to just reuse all of their tape yeah so when they finish an episode of something they like they put it on these expensive tapes and then they play it for the broadcast and like well we need to use this tape for something else and then they just tape over it yeah and you can sort of see where it came from because back in the 1960s when Doctor Who started, there was no home video market. So Right. How how were they supposed to know that people were going to want to watch it again? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and actually, there's been a huge search like across the world for lost episodes because right. what they would do is they would take the tapes... And then they would um, transfer them to film and send them to different like BBC affiliates around the world. Oh, and like they recently um, found nine lost episodes from wow. the Second Doctor in Nigeria. Wow! Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, I think that was that was four years ago now. It's there. There's something about Doctor Who fandom in particular that is particularly uh, rewarding. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, not only is it a great show, but there's also like lost episodes. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool. It kind of makes the whole thing feel so mysterious and like such a thing to be a part of. And there's so many people like me that have only seen the new Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and the main thing I wanted to talk to you about is like, what what am I missing? You know, tell me about classic Who. Tell me about your experience with Doctor Who also, because I know that you've been must have been into this for a long time. Sure. Um, well, I started as a new who watcher um and um it was just off a recommendation from my friend um i think around 2010 so not that long ago okay yeah um, so, like so five years, years into after the run. it started oh five years into the run okay yeah. started uh, 2005 yeah cool and um did you start with uh eccleston or yeah. did you okay cool so you watched yeah. it all in order yeah and um i was just fell in love with it and i, I really enjoyed eccleston and considered tenant my doctor yeah um, he was the one who really um got me into the show yeah me too for sure 
Um, going back though, I will say I really like how Eccleston was a little bit more alien. Um, yeah. I think think he brought some cool stuff to the character. Um, and then I didn't even know there was this huge history. And then I I was actually talking to my mother about how I'd found this great new show called Doctor Who, and she was like, "I used to watch that." Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I discovered there was this huge history. And I, I'm very much a completionist. If I start yeah. something, I want to have seen everything. And nice. so it, I just sort of decided it was not the 50th anniversary was going to be there in a few years. Uh-huh. And I wanted to have seen everything. Wow. Um, what a project. Yeah. That's amazing. How many episodes are in classic Doctor Who? Roughly. Oh, gosh. Um, probably around 500, maybe wow. more. 500. Because I mean, so classic Doctor Who was 1963 to 1989. Uh-huh. Um, and it used to be much more regular than our current modern Who is. Right. There'd be like 30 episodes in a season or something. Yeah, or more. Wow. And it's, it works, a li- it worked a little bit differently because a lot of, in fact, all, with one exception, <laughs> um, all of the, um, classic stories were multi-episode stories. Most of them were like four episodes per story. You said class six stories? What does that mean? Oh, I just... I, I meant classic. I'm Oh, classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just misheard you. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. Um, yeah, so there's like multiple... There's like multiple arcs within a season that are multi-episodes long. Yeah, is exactly. What you're cool. Yeah, it's kind of like... Did you watch Star Trek Enterprise? No, I didn't, and I shouldn't. I'm ashamed uh, of that. <laughs> they did a little of that in their fourth season, where they had like several different stories that would go for several different episodes. It was really cool, yeah. kind of a change of pace. Are you into Star Trek? Um, I am, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I, yeah. I've seen all of original. I've seen all of um, Next Gen, all of um, Deep Space Nine, and all of Voyager. Damn. But, so everything but, but Enterprise. Yeah. You're close. I'm I'm working on it. Yeah. Um but that Star a lot Trek of those, is sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, a lot of those I feel really need a rewatch. Yeah. I, I've watched that's the thing that I watched the entirety of. Mm-hmm. And it's like well, one of many, but that's like seven hundred and twenty six episodes. Yeah. So I kind of relate everything to like viewing watching projects. Are they as big or smaller than Star Trek? Sure. And Doctor Who is actually at this point, probably bigger, I think. I don't know, because they they're, they do so many fewer episodes in the new Who per season. It's only yeah. like 10 or 13 or something. Yeah, I think there's probably enough in the classic sort of catalog to put it above. But if the yeah. pace continues the way it is, who knows yeah. for how long. Yeah, although we're getting a new Star Trek show in like yeah. a matter of weeks, which is really That's exciting right. for me personally. <laughs> okay, so you, you're a completist. You went back. Did you go yeah. back to the very beginning and just watch in order? Yeah. And I, a lot of the episodes, um, I started finding online okay. and I, I even, cause I'm, this is the level of obsession. So there was like the first episode, but before that they had a pilot that was basically the first episode, but oh, interesting. a little bit, um, the doctor's a little bit more alien and cruel and they sort of toned him down. Okay. Um, so like that, the same happened with Star Trek where the original Star Trek, there's like a test pilot that didn't quite fly. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, with um, with Captain Pike. Yeah, Pike. That's yeah. right. And then they went back in the menagerie. Is that right? Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. They they did a two parter where they yeah. intercut all of that pilot into another episode with Kirk yeah. and everyone as like flashbacks. It was really kind of a brilliant use of the footage. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, like it's kind of it kind of worked really well. So 
as you're like looking for episodes online, did you start with, I mean, it, the very first episode does, doesn't even exist, right? No, it does. Oh, it does. Yeah. And the pilot also? Yeah. Oh, crazy. So the, I thought that they had lost like the whole first chunk. No, they, um, I believe it's the, the seventh story is the first one that's missing and it's entirely missing. Okay. And it's one of all like the rumors that like something's been found. It's been rumored so many times. And <laughs> it's, um, it's a story where the doctor sort of runs into Marco Polo and oh, um, apparently the costuming was incredible and we've got some stills. <laughs> <laughs> so it has, is it like the white whale of doctor who it's, like people kind of fantasize about how it's this great lost piece um, of art. It's, it's probably one of the things, three most desired stories and the other two are both Dalek episodes which are uh-huh. the least likely to like still exist because the man who created the Daleks was really protective of them and like they didn't sell much of that overseas at all oh bummer um but yeah there's one called the power of the Daleks which is the second doctor's first story and it um is entirely missing and, oh bummer um yeah it it's um not nearly the first Dalek story, but it's supposed to be one of the better ones. Yeah. And then there's another one called um, The Evil of the Daleks, which um, is another second Doctor one. And it involves one scene where the Daleks get um, the human factor put inside them and they become much happier. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so what's the so tell me more about this first pilot versus the second pilot. Yeah. Um, so it was only the first episode of um, what would be a four episode story eventually. Okay. Um, and um, they're both essentially the same story where um, it starts out. It's sort of cool. It doesn't start with the doctor at all. It starts out with two teachers who end up being two of the first companions uh-huh. talking about how bizarre one of their students is. <laughs> um, and um, this girl named Susan and just how she clearly knows some things she shouldn't, but also like doesn't understand like how to make change. Oh, interesting. And um, they end up following her home and she sort of leads them to this junkyard and they see her going to the junkyard and they find this weird police box. <laughs> and then they run it. They're like, they sort of hear a buzzing, which not really in the canon anymore but something going on inside uh-huh. the police box and then this crotchety old man come like peeks out and they think like he's got her trapped in there or something uh-huh. um, and eventually they burst in and lo and behold it's bigger on the inside <laughs> um, and actually there's this weird detail and it's in both of them but there's like a coat rack this random coat rack in the middle of like the TARDIS space. So like Weird. Other, other than that, it's like super sci-fi. Yeah. I've seen pictures of the original. Yeah. And also they, they had the original or something. They, they re had a rebuilt version of the original very recently on the new who. That's right. Yes. Yeah. In uh, the 50th anniversary, they did it for a little bit. The, the round things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, yeah, that's sort of the general thing. And like, they're like, accusing him of like that what's going on he's like you can't possibly understand me and then like <laughs> to like sort of mess with them he like takes them through time and Whoa. then and the next three episodes of that first story are terrible and you shouldn't bother watching them um, that first one sounds really cool yeah it sounds it's really really cool so 
the character of the doctor was meaner. He was meaner and more alien. And actually, his granddaughter is who the the uh, this girl turns out to be. Uh huh. Um, she was, especially in the pilot, very alien. Like did like at one moment this sort of weird dance that didn't seem to pertain to anything. <laughs> um, but, um. Even in in the what eventually became the show, the Doctor was pretty harsh in his, for at least at the beginning of his first incarnation, and then sort of mellowed as the story or as his seasons went on. I th- I feel like the same has kind of happened with Capaldi, where yeah, they really sure. tried to make him be like the angry Doctor. Yeah, and then it it felt to me like it didn't quite work, and then he just softened over time and became so goofy and yeah. And I love him by the end of his run, but I wasn't wild about him at first. Yeah, I. I really wanted to like Capaldi because I I like when the doctors can be a little bit more alien and hard to relate to in a way. Yeah. I really like Tennant in like the Waters of Mars when he gets a little bit. Power oh trippy. yeah, I love um, that. But, I love that shit. But like, ev- like there were moments of like Capaldi that I was like, oh, that's that's really harsh. That yeah, <laughs> I'm not, not sure I can get on board with that. He was kind of like. I don't know. He was so emotionally distant from Clara at yeah. first that it felt like a different person because Matt Smith had been so close to her. Exactly. And I really yeah. struggled with that. But but over time, they rebuilt that relationship yeah. and it seemed to be totally different, but in a very strong yeah. way. And I'm like, you know what? I kind of like this guy. Yeah. And then by the time Clara leaves, I'm in love with Capaldi. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that string of episodes. I talk about it all the time on the show, but that uh, might have been... I don't know. I love David Tennant. He's my favorite doctor, mm-hmm. but that string of episodes surrounding, you know, Claire at the end of season nine yeah. is maybe my favorite story moment of new who. Yeah. And yeah, I, I often talk about the first few Capaldi episodes. This is jumping a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> reminding me of the first episodes of the sixth doctor, but which his, is which actor? Um, That's Colin Baker. Colin Baker. He's the one with the worst outfit, the celery. No, no, that's the fifth one. Though that's okay. that's plenty, plenty <laughs> terrible. Um, he, the worst oh, outfit. It's, there, it's like patchwork every color, and it's a disaster. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, he um was. I th- they their sort of plan with him was that he was going to come off really harsh, and they'd sort of peel back layers and show like he's sensitive on the inside, which yeah. I think is sort of what they did with Capaldi. Totally, but they went so strong in how mean he could be. Like in this first episode, he literally strangles his companion for a while. <laughs> yeah, it's, Jeez. It, it, yeah, he he didn't last super long in that role. <laughs> how long? Um, so he had like sort of what was it? Two seasons, right? And um, then, like, the show was, like, sort of temporarily canceled. Uh-huh. And then they brought it back, but it was, like, this 16-episode story arc called The Trial of a Time Lord, where, like, they've invented this thing where the Doctor's on trial in Gallifrey for a bunch of different crimes. Huh. But it was also sort of, like, a meta joke, because, like, Doctor Who, the television program, was also sort of on trial. Like, is it going to continue? Yeah. Um, and w- was it a different Doctor when they came back? Um, after trial of a time Lord, it was, but they kept this guy through it. And it actually, he plays, he's even a little bit more mellowed out in, in that whole series season, but, um, they gave him a new companion who I I think did some stuff to um, mellow him out, but then, um, they fired him at the end of that season. Wow. 
And um, but then <laughs> then they after firing him, they asked him to come back and film a regeneration, <laughs> and he wasn't super into that. Right. Um. So the re it's this is not like the proudest Doctor Who history, I think. But like they um to in order to get that regeneration, basically you see a shot of a guy that sort of looks like him, um bang his head into the TARDIS console and then he falls down and regenerates. And the person who does it is actually the, the seventh doctor just wearing a wig. (laughs) Whoa, that's crazy. Wow. I always wondered about that. If there's any sort of like professional distaste at being replaced and then having to film yourself turning into the person replacing you. (laughs) Well, I, I think like in most cases it was like the actor's choice to leave. Right. Um, I think not so much for the first doctor act. It seems like. Yeah. Why did he leave? He, um, I'm going to get the disease wrong. He was suffering oh, no. from a disease that was messing, I, I think, with both his memory and just his temperament. Oh, and, wow. And um, they wanted to continue the show, but they didn't think he couldn't memorize his lines as well. And he was getting really hard to work with. Wow. Um, so they sort of created this concept where like this alien species can change what they look like yeah Um, which hadn't been a part of the show at all until then right it's never mentioned (laughs) so um, crazy they didn't have like the word regeneration so one of the first things the second doctor says is that he renewed himself huh wow that's so crazy it's so funny because that's such an integral part of the show exactly and as someone who's new to the show with the new who uh, for me, I fell in love with the show once I saw the doctor regenerate Yeah, because I saw that there was like, it was the same person, but he was so different, exactly. but he still felt like the same person somehow. And that was really exciting to me from a story perspective and just from a viewer's perspective. I'd never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And it really appealed to me. So uh, I feel like if, if Eccleston had stayed on longer, I'm not sure if I would have fallen in love with the show as fast. Because yeah. I liked his season, but I didn't love it the first time I saw it. Yeah. I've rewatched it since then, and I liked it a lot the second time. Yeah, it, it having the larger context helps him somehow. Absolutely. And I think maybe that's why he worked for people who liked the original show. Mm-hmm. Because with the context of what was happening, I felt like that first season was really strong. Yeah. But without that context, I was kind of con- not confused, but not like not invested emotionally yet, sure. I guess. Because yeah. it hadn't hooked me in. Um it did, it does the end of that season has one of the most wonderfully cheesy lines of like the doctor who like entire span which is what after as rose is like suffering like the line like well maybe you need a doctor yeah <laughs> ouch love that <laughs> so so when you went back to watch the first season or just the first doctor we'll yeah. say what was your response were you like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Or was it like, wow, this is kind of interesting? Um, it was a little of both. Um, <laughs> it's it's a very different show. Like a lot of older television, it's it's slower paced than we're used to. Right. And obviously the the te- the technology is completely different, right? And right. It, the sets look much faker. <laughs> um, but I, I think what struck me the most was we mentioned the character of the Doctor, like, he um in either the second or third episode of the first story arc, he attempts to like batter a guy with this like a large rock. Whoa! Like, you like the doctor we know doesn't use weapons ever. Yeah, and like he just that hadn't been evolved into like his character yet. Interesting. Yeah. W- at what point does he stop using weapons? 
Is, does he make a point of it or does it just happen later? Um, I don't, it's not like a definitive point. Okay. Um, so a, a moment that stands out to me is, um, in the third doctor's second. Yeah. I think second story, <laughs> um, which is where the Silurians are introduced, which, um, I don't, Silurians, um, Remind that's me of who the they are. wizard creatures that live. Under oh, they live the underground. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. I love them. Um, they look very different in the, in um, that original version. Uh-huh. But um, he, um, they're like fighting with humans. And eventually um, this human organization that the doctor's sort of working with decides to like behind his back sort of bomb them. And, and he has this huge reaction of that's murder. And, and um, it's, it's a big stand of his against violence. Cool. And that sounds more like the Doctor that exactly, I know. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, which is something I love about Doctor Who, because I'm such a Star Trek nerd. Yeah. I, I love the idea of, you know, negotiation over violence and yeah. uh, violence as a last resort. Uh, or just like, like the the importance of every living individual's life, you know? Yeah. That's that's something that Doctor Who really captures. Yeah. Oh, I want to make an original Star Trek reference, and I, I'm not going to get the t- the phrase the um time kirk bluffs about this super weapon he has oh yeah i can't get the the name of what that was called the corbomite yeah maneuver. That's a- <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah totally wow uh, that, that <laughs> was, the that two was of really us. pulling deep for me between the two <laughs> of us we sh- we have nerddom covered yeah, there you go. <laughs> we got it all yeah. <laughs> uh i love that yep. episode yeah so i started watching the episodes online and then i thought i'm reading that there are a lot of like dvd extras background like how how they film different things or like retrospectives and i i would be interested in seeing that so i embarked on a um multi-year um adventure and purchasing all the dvds available and wow i brought them with me if you're oh my curious. god yeah oh yeah you have stuff to show me i'm so excited let's take a look so there's this gigantic like media container wow yeah it's it's something i I remember i had these big things to hold cds when i was a kid holy shit so you're starting at actually the back now okay let me turn this over what this is all doctor who yeah (gasps) oh my god this is insane so there's like four cds no there's eight cds per page or dvds per page and how many there's like a hundred pages in here it's significant Wow. Yep. And obviously they're in chronological order. Oh, this is so cool. Some of the DVDs were actually quite difficult to find. So I ordered them the British versions um, and then had to go through a lengthy process of converting those into formats I could watch. Wow. And these are, these are purchased. None of them are like, have you had to, you didn't have to like create anything. No. That's awesome. I, I have, um, since, because it's just not convenient to carry this thing around, I've ripped all of the content off of them and have them on one massive external hard drive. Wow. So that's the Sixth Doctor there. His, oh. You can sort of see the beginning of his outfit. He's got a very smug look that I don't like. Yeah, he... He, he looks very unhappy to that, be alive. That's pretty accurate to his TV character. And this is Sylvester that's, McCoy? Yeah, that's the Seventh the Doctor. The Seventh Doctor? Wow, that's a nice looking uh, headdress there. <laughs> oh yes, she that actress actually she um um oh, she um act also played a companion 
many years before the, oh, the first cool. doctor very briefly. Wow. Wow. This is amazing. What a cool yep. thing. Oh, right. see this. Yeah, now I, we're into new who this I recognize. Yeah. Wow. This is beautiful. Thanks. So, so what's, what's missing from this? Just the lost episodes. Oh, um, Torchwood's in here too. And the Sarah Jane adventures. Yeah. The Sarah Jane adventures are actually pretty great. Um, oh, here's some cool stuff. They made a K nine show. Yeah. It's it filmed in Australia <laughs> and it is, it's not great. Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I've never even heard of that. Yeah. It's it's very different from Doctor Who. It's um they like have a few like um homages to it, but other than that. Huh. And here's um a movie called Doctor Who and the Daleks that they made where they recast everything <laughs> and they just um took the first Dalek story, which is the second story um arc in Doctor Who, uh-huh. and they made a movie out of it. Just like completely disconnected. Yep. Who played the doctor? Um. Oh, what's his name? I'm not going to get it. It's not Peter Cushing, is it? It is Peter Cushing. Yes. No way. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at this picture. I'm a like, Star Trek overlap there. No, sorry, like, Star Wars. I was like, is this yeah. Grandma Tarkin yeah. looking at me right now? <laughs> so Grandma Tarkin played the doctor in yep. one movie. Well, actually, in two, if you turn the page. Oh shit! And I see you have Class <laughs> season one in here also. Yep. I watched the first episode of that and I loved it, and yeah. I really want to watch more. But I just heard it was canceled. Yeah, that was disappointing, especially I you haven't seen it, but like the last episode has sort of a cliffhanger in oh, it. Oh no. Yeah. What a bummer. And it's very upsetting. Yeah. So there's like a lot of spin-off material here yeah, that I don't these recognize. Are a whole bunch of non-official spin-offs now. Um where um after Doctor Who was canceled in nineteen eighty nine, they started making like these other movies that don't have the doctor because licensing, but <laughs> other characters that are sort of related or um there's one one of um the doctor's com- the seventh doctor's companions um ace she refers to him as the professor uh-huh so they um whenever she's in one that she talks about this professor who's definitely not the doctor of course but, wow but like is he an alien yeah and he's <laughs> probably um the doctor but, that's hilarious but they never it's say like, that uh inspector space time from yes the exactly <laughs> yes uh so there's a, so there's feature films that are that that you're describing. And yeah. What is, what is, Deimos Rising? That's um. So that's a similar type thing, and it's actually um, a play off of um, some a story in the Third Doctor's um season. No way. Yeah. This is crazy. I've never heard this before. So we've got Deimos Rising, Downtime, and Wartime Chronicles. Yep. Mind Game Saga. <laughs> <laughs> what is this one an adventure in space and time that was um for the 50th anniversary they created this um sort of movie about the creation of doctor who it was actually written by mark gatiss who's oh, written yeah. quite a few episodes of doctor he, and stars in a lot of different things yeah he plays uh mycroft on exactly yes. sherlock and if you watch um game of thrones he's the banker he has um, the from banker Bravos. from bravos totally yeah should we share these also <laughs> Sure, why not? Um, uh, we have uh, Lust in Space. <laughs> yes. Um, which is actually not as scandalous as it sounds. Uh-huh. Um, it's um, this like sort of debate among characters in Doctor Who. And it, like they're playing their characters, but if the Doctor is sexist. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Oh, interesting. That sounds really, really cool. And then Doctor Screw. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, I'm a completionist. 
And that's, we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> hey, man, on my hard drive, I have a Star Trek The Next Generation oh, porn sorry. parody. So, <laughs> so I, I understand the impulse. Uh, and then, are these like documentaries in the back? Yeah, there are a cool. few documentaries. Damn. This is, this is amazing. This is so cool. And then how long did it take you to assemble all of this? Oh, it was... There's got to be like hundreds of discs in here. Yeah, it was a it was a multi year process. Yeah, and it was the sort of thing where I had an, a massive Amazon wish list that like every now and then like for my birthday or something my aunt would get me one of them or like <laughs> or like I would get a paycheck and I would get myself one of them or fun just sort of slow but steady. That's awesome. Yeah. So are you are you into collectibles or, or is Doctor Who your your one collection? I do you like collect action figures or any other things like that i mean the one other thing i collect i mentioned before we started recording it's it's um i collect harry potter in different languages that's right but yeah yeah it's not so much a collectible as i really like books and harry potter's one of them <laughs> yeah so your your collections are more like practical yeah. collections yeah i don't do so many action figures or, or yeah. things like that i did star wars action figures for years oh, yeah. when i was a kid um it was like a a phase i guess that sure. i went through i used to i used to love collecting things like i used to collect mm -hmm records um oh, i yeah. love vinyl i had a record player mm -hmm. i don't even have it anymore but since i've been living in seattle and just like moving from apartment to apartment you just mm -hmm. can't have these giant collections no, yeah, anymore for sure. it's tough and then everything's online now you know mm -hmm. i i got rid of my dvd collection because i didn't need it anymore uh, so now i just have you know like you have everything at your fingertips and it's take it's taken away some of the magic of fandom where you had to search things out and yeah. this is just reminding me of like collecting the next generation on dvd when yeah. i was in college which i did uh and it was so like so fun just from a collector's point of view on top of like getting all the special features and the dvd yeah. extras that i really wanted to see and having instant access to any episode from the series yeah which at the time was very novel to me <laughs> well the one thing i'm working on and this is not complete in my doctor who collection although it's it's really close is um there's been this whole sort of spin-off of Doctor Who audio dramas. Right. Sort of like the old timey radio dramas, like if you ever like listen to The Shadow uh -huh. or something like that. And they're awesome. Really? They're they're so good. Um Oh my god. And I they've know. done a lot of really cool things that like sort of a service to the fandom. Right. Like they bring back the actors. Like I know yep. David Tennant has done it. Yep. And did one and John Barrowman. Yeah. Um, in fact, so they've been doing like just sort of one-off Torchwood episodes, cool. but they just, um, are about to release sort of Torchwood season five. Right. So continuing the continuity. When I saw that article, uh, I actually went back and confirmed this later. It does not make clear that it is an audio drama. Oh, really? And I was oh, so excited. I couldn't find the article again. Cause I'm like, am I crazy? But then later I found mm -hmm. it because someone else posted it to a sci-fi uh, group that I follow on Facebook with the same thing. Like, I can't believe they're bringing this back to TV. And it was the same exact article and it doesn't make it clear oh, that that's... it's a radio drama. So I was so excited for yeah. a couple of days, even though I've actually still never seen Torchwood. It's like on my list of things to watch, but uh, my girlfriend's been watching Dr. Who knew who from the beginning oh, okay. and now i'm i want to kind of i've been watching it with her and then i want to put torchwood in in release order when we get to that point sure. which is i think in season three or in my head four. it's four but i'm is not certain about yeah. that i love that kind of stuff where shows start concurrently with each other or like yeah. start alone and then become concurrent like deep space nine and next generation mm -hmm. or stargate sg1 and uh stargate atlantis that had a really cool crossover 
right sure. when they like started the new show. Yeah, there was some um, stuff. Oh, you know what? Torchwood definitely existed sometime, if not before season four. It definitely existed during season four because mm-hmm. um, David Tennant's final episode, where he um, right. does that sort of victory the, the lap. farewell tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, he um, crosses over with Torchwood and with Sarah Jane. Right. So, oh yeah, crazy. So, what? Give me your quick impressions of those two shows. Um, I really like Torchwood season three. <laughs> um, I think. Um, t- the first two seasons of Torchwood, Torchwood have some really good episodes, uh-huh. but it also has some really pretty rough episodes. <laughs> um, Cyber Woman is is one of the the roughest ones, and uh, I'm a little bit nervous because it was written by the next showrunner of Doctor Who. But really, but he's written some good episodes as well. Chris yeah. uh, Chibnall, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the third season of Torchwood, I think is some of the best writing in like the Doctor Who universe. Wow. That's the Children of Earth um, storyline and actually stars um, um, Capaldi um, in a completely unrelated to the Doctor role. Really? But he he rocks it. And um, I can't believe I didn't know that. Yeah. Or if I did, I forgot it. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, the basic concept is there's super powerful alien invaders and they say, we're going to take a certain populate or a certain percentage of the Earth's children. Whoa! And a debate on how to who's that going to be? Oh my god, yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah, very reminiscent of an episode of Star Trek: Next Generation. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't remember, but yeah. uh, I think it's in season one where they there's this like hidden planet that has like the technology to hide themselves from uh, everyone else, but they're all dying, and they want the children from the Enterprise to help kind of reseed their society, so oh, they okay. just take them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's such a scary premise. Yeah. But what part does Peter Capaldi play? Um, he plays, um, just sort of a bureaucrat who gets like a put human. in charge of dealing with that. Oh, I could totally yeah. see him. And yeah, he's awesome in that position. His, um, the emotional journey he goes through is really well played. Do you think that that performance is part of why he got the role of the doctor? I wouldn't be surprised. Like, they must have liked working with him yeah. when he came on the set. Yeah. And uh, obviously, he was also in the one um, Tenon episode. Right. The, um, the Fires of Pompeii. Pompeii, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire, something like that. Yeah, which they definitely reference. Yeah. He's like, why did I choose this face? Exactly. <laughs> Who frowned me this face? <laughs> uh, and then you said you really like Sarah Jane. Yeah, it's definitely, it's aimed at a younger audience. Yeah, it's a kid's um, show, right? But um, I like it because... Um, has more references actually to classic who than modern doctor who does. Oh, interesting. Um, like it's made by a fan of the old show. Yeah, I mean, it, it was also written by um, Russell T Davies. Or, oh, he was in charge of it. And cool. At least. And he's the showrunner who brought back who in the first exactly. place. The new who. Yeah. And he did all of Eccleston and tenants. Yeah. And uh, then run. he, he left, and he left actually midway through the final episode of tenants run. Cause the second Matt Smith was on, um, he was gone really? and, um, Moffat was in charge. Wow. Yep. Crazy. So like just for that last yeah, scene. That final scene. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, and then Moffat did Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi. Yeah. And now Chris Chibnall is going to do, uh, his first doctor will be Jodie Whittaker. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's take a, I, I want to go back to old who I have so much more to ask okay, you about that, yeah. but how do you feel about the casting of Jodie Whittaker as the next doctor? Well, I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah, I think, me too. I think it's time. Yeah. Um, 
it's been in the continuity um for actually a while really um it's um i mean i think it's the fourth doctor has a sort of one-off reference to someone coming back um as a different gender uh-huh um and then it's not mentioned again um <laughs> until um gosh what episode um matt smith's episode oh it's such a good episode um the one um with um the tardis being um a Idris? Woman. yeah, yeah. Thank, oh gosh uh that um, what is that episode called the one that what's his name wrote <laughs> yeah, we, we, we're we've apart. got all the details neil gaiman yes that's right yeah neil gaiman's episode that's yeah. one of my favorites yeah. that episode is like sensationally good yeah oh my god beautiful I love writing one. yeah i yeah. want that actress to come back as idris so bad yeah it'd be so cool speaking this is completely tangential yeah um we'll get back to the the female doctor yeah um but um um we were talking about the audio adventures and they it hasn't actually been announced yet, but it's been like announced on Twitter by the people doing it that they're gonna do um Adventures of the Doctor's Daughter. Um, oh yeah. Um as an audio series. I heard about that with the uh with the actress yeah, who plays who's the actually married daughter, to David Who's Tennant. married to David yeah. Tennant. Yeah. And she's and is the daughter of who? The fifth doctor. The fifth doctor. Peter yeah. Davison. That's so weird. Yeah. That's so weird. And uh, actually, um, she she has this quote where she actually went to school with the sixth doctor's daughter, and so she just sort of assumed everyone was the daughter of a doctor. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yep. But um, actually, um, um, Moffat, um, in this sort of dark years between like classic Who and New Who, uh-huh. um, he wrote a wonderful parody of Doctor Who. It's super funny. Whoa. Called. It's it's a parody of how, and even the title is a parody of how dramatic Doctor Who titles can be. It's called The Curse of the Fatal Death. <laughs> and um there's like one scene where the doctor keeps making mistakes and like killing himself and regenerating and one time he comes back as a woman. So oh, Moffat cool. was already playing it's with that idea a little for a bit. Long time. Yeah. And he like straight up showed it to us in uh, Oh yeah, with the master. Yeah. Or is that what you or even before that, with the, in the finale of season eight, I believe. Like, there's a uh, when they're on Gallifrey and they're running away from these guards, one of them dies and comes oh, back that's as right. a woman. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely been, like, setting the stage for that for a yeah. while. And I, I'm thrilled about it. I just think it's going to, like, breathe so much new life into the show. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a feminist. I love seeing... I love seeing new types of representation for female characters. And like, this is, this is a type of character, like the all knowing, all seeing God character that is almost always played by men. So I think it's really cool to see that played by a woman. I can't wait. Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting to see um, how they choose a companion for her. I heard Um, that they'd cast someone. Oh, really? uh, And it was some dude who was like, a game show host and actor in the Oh, I did hear that. That's right. I, yeah. yeah. Is that, I don't know if that's legit or not, yeah. but I was actually pretty disappointed by that because I felt like the doctors almost always traveled with either exclusively women or couples. Yeah. And I think that the doctor changing gender should not ch- change the type of companion that the doctor yeah. prefers. So I'd kind of rather see her travel with either a female or, or a couple, or just Bill. Just bring Bill yeah. back. You know why not? I love Bill. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. And in fact, that um, 
preference toward female companions basically goes back the entire way. Interesting. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't. Th- I can't think of any episode where he has just a male companion. Yeah. There's definitely like. I know about Adric. Ad- my friend, oh, God, my friend Adric. Carolyn was on the show and she mentioned him. Yeah, he. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> the thing about Adric, he was um, this companion from sort of another universe, more or less. Um, right. And brought into our universe. And most people watch one episode of his um, called Earthshock, which is a Cyberman episode. And he's shot shockingly because it was pretty rare in doctor who although he wasn't the first one he's killed he's killed at the end of the episode and people watch that and he's pretty um empathetic um during that episode and like oh how could they do this (laughs) but he sort of sucks before he's like always the i mean and and he was brought on a little bit like he's thinks he's he's sort of a know-it-all but he always sort of gets in the way of the doctor solving the problem for every episode he's on more or less until then. Wow. Yeah. So he's a pain in the ass. Exactly. You, you weren't sorry to see him go. No, not so much. <laughs> although, although that episode, his death is handled really well. Cool. And um, they, um, they do the credits. Like usually they do like the theme song, but the credits are just in silence and it's sort of eerie. Wow. I love that kind of shit. Yeah. I love when like the show kind of pays homage to the fact that something serious just happened. Yeah. Bringing it back to Star Trek Enterprise, their theme song at the end is like ba ba bum bum ba da da. It's like really like blustery and yeah. kind of let's boldly go off into the stars. And then <laughs> if an episode ever ends on like a really sad note, mm-hmm. and you go into that, it's just it's awful. super awkward. It's so awkward, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself who who doesn't notice this this yeah. this is very easily noticeable and you need to fix it yeah yeah buffy the vampire slayer didn't have that problem that that theme song went well over every situation <laughs> at the very end yeah um yeah the doctor um the first doctor actually had a companion who dies and because it's her death happens in a, a missing episode oh um it's sort of well i'll give you the background she um the doctor um gets involved sort of in the Trojan War. Uh-huh. And um, then he takes um, a woman um, from that time period onto his, t- onto his TARDIS, and she sort of thinks, oh, these travelers are gods. Right. Because it's completely foreign to her, right? Totally. And so she's uncomfortable the entire time. And then in the next story arc, um, basically she's put in this airlock and like sort of trapped there and um, with, with an, an alien-type creature. And like she the airlock opens and it's unclear if like it was like an accident in the struggle, like that it happened to her. Like she was like, I can't deal with this and did it herself. Oh, interesting. Whoa. Dark. Yeah. That's the first doctor. Yeah. Crazy. So, okay. What are your overall impressions of William Hartnell? The first doctor, how do you feel about him as a doctor? Our lives are important, at least to us. And as we see, so we learn. What are we going to see and learn next doctor? But unlike the old age, my boy, our destiny is in the stars. So let's go and search for him. I guess my, my take on him, it's hard to look at him in the first few episodes of hit, uh, that, or that um, he starred in and appreciate him for the doctor he became. Be, um, toward the end of his, his run, he, he's clearly much more enjoying the adventure, which is some, like that sort of, spirit is i think so much part of the doctor character and he yeah it just wasn't really there at the beginning he, he's just like a grump 
Yeah, and I think part of that is、um, one of the original intents of the program was to be educational、um, for、huh. children. So, like, <laughs> they went back to the to visit the Aztecs, and、um, he's very, very strict. And and this is sort of something that continues. But you can't change history at all. And <laughs> yeah, and、um, he's just he's. He's a sort of a hard ass, yeah. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't care if he changes his. No, of course not. Yeah. yeah.、Um, but、um, I'm thinking of one episode、um, later, the Romans,、um, where、um, the doctor gets involved with Julius Caesar and it's very has fun messing with people, and it's clearly leading to the character like that we associate as the doctor,、huh. and and that I think is sort of. What you can take away from William Hartnell is that he pushed, started to push the show toward、um, what we, or push the character, I should say, toward the character we associate as the Doctor. But I, I think the next one really, really pushed it there. And maybe it bears mentioning that there, some outside of the character, there are some things、um, with William Hartnell that are not like super great. He、huh. has like. There are some act, other actors from the show have like pointed out. He said some things that were like pretty racist、oh, or、no. anti-Semitic. Oh no! Which is upsetting. What a bummer. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens. Yeah, it was um, there's a character um, a man named Nicholas Courtney who has starred with almost every Doctor actually, and um, which will, he figures really big into the Third Doctor. But um, he talks about a scene where he was talking to like a sort of one-off. Character and、um, William Hartnell was like, you know, he's a Jew, right? Oh God! Yeah, it's that's rough. Yeah, it's it's、huh. it's upsetting knowledge. Does it does it impact? I mean, we're both Jewish. Does it、yeah. impact your viewing of him? Is it hard for you to disconnect that? A little bit. It's I I think about it a lot in that like if I listen to the music by Wagner, I really like his music, but、yeah. he was fiercely anti-Semitic. Yeah, and It's it's a real conflict to try and like, because like, I think a music is is so when you compose, and I'm not a very good composer, but it's so based on what's going on inside you. Oh my god, yeah, that's yeah. a really interesting example because there's things like, you know, I I mean Michael Jackson is is my the one that I always come back to because I am such a huge fan of his music,、mm-hmm. and. You know, he was never like convicted of anything, but it、yeah. seems very likely that he、yep. was. That he did, you know, molest children.、Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's like really tough. But what I what I come back to with that is that what he created is positive, and his message、sure. was positive. So his art itself is, I think, a positive thing, even though maybe he was wrestling with his own demons. But the difference is that he's not, you know. He's not out there like actively up, saying things. Actively、yeah. saying things. He's like you.、Yeah. You know, I'm a child molester, and you should be too, because that's the way to be. You know, like that's what、yeah. being a racist、yeah. kind of is. It's like I'm horrible, and you should be too. Please join me. Yeah, please join me in my awfulness. <laughs> so I don't know. That's I don't、yeah. know. It's so it's different.、Uh, yeah, that's 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 a question that I I struggle with because、mm-hmm. I'm a you know I have a very deep seated sense of morals, and I don't enjoy things that if I feel like they are putting forth like. A racist attitude, or I don't want to、yeah. support things that I find so incredibly distasteful. Yeah. But yeah, it's man, it's tricky. And I will say that I only found out about this after having watched 
um, yeah, his stuff for the first time. So yeah. the and, first time I watched it, it wasn't in my mind at all. And then I'm sure it doesn't come through in the performance at all. No. Yeah. And like the nice thing about that is that, you know, Doctor Who is a show where the message is one of positivity. Yeah. So even if this the first guy to play the doctor may be a horrible dude or mm-hmm. maybe was a horrible dude in some in some regards. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm having to learn how to disconnect things like that. Yeah. Just because we live in a day and age where we're finding out everything about everyone. Yep. And, and, and most of most people are terrible. You know, <laughs> like people, most people are awful. <laughs> they have some things that are terrible. Yeah, like I mean, everybody has something have about them yeah. that that probably sucks if it's put under a microscope. But I don't know. I don't. Know. I think about that a lot, also, because I'm someone who puts myself out there a yeah, ton. Sure. You know, not just through the podcasting, but now through the game streaming. That's right. Which oh, you like hang out? You hung out in one of the yeah. streams, which made me feel like we've hung out before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. I was very, I was very pleasantly surprised yeah. to see oh, you there. It was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed. Yeah. It. So are you? Uh, I I asked you that night, but you. You're, uh, you play a little Mario, but you mostly watch. Is that what you said? Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of an interesting thing. I, I'm, I like really watching, um, um, streamers, um, because like, it's like watching like an incredible athlete, like people who have sort of perfected this craft. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I play a little bit, but I can't do any sort of Kaizo maneuver. I can't do shell jumps or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but I've watched so much that I can always or not always, but almost always say, I know how to do this. I just can't do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's actually uh, what I did for a long time before I started streaming. Oh, yeah. I, when I found out about Mario Maker and Kaizo stuff, I just mm-hmm. started watching videos nonstop because I was fascinated, you know? Yeah. Like, I play, I grew up on Super Mario World in particular for Super Nintendo. Sure, yeah. And the fact that you can do all these crazy things inside of that game that I never knew exactly, about. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Like you can run and jump and drop a spring and then jump off of that in midair and fly yeah. t- like three times as high. You know, it's so cool. I love it so much. Yeah. So I got really into that and then started learning some of it. And I'm like very much at the beginning of my mm-hmm. Kaizo journey. Yeah. Kaizo means, uh, for anyone who doesn't oh, yeah. know what we're talking about, Kaizo means hacked in Japanese. So someone hacked the 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 game of Super Mario World. It's called ROM hacking. And they made a ROM hack of this game called Kaizo Mario World that just meant hacked Mario World, but mm-hmm. has uh, has come to mean just, you know, it has come to refer to the tricks that were introduced in yeah. that game, like shell jumps yep. and spring jumps, like uh, P-switch jumps, advanced tricks like item abuse where you're doing yeah, things exactly. that weren't intended by the creator but allow you to to get to places in the game that wouldn't have been possible otherwise. Mm-hmm. Very exciting yeah. stuff. <laughs> I've, you know, I've, uh, I've done a few of um, Carl Sagan's Kaizo College levels. Oh, yeah. Um, which Yeah, me too. I love those. Which I... Most of them I have not managed to complete, but um, I was I beat his um level all about using the boot. Oh yeah, and I was Butchler's so proud degree. of myself. <laughs> I haven't beat that one yet. Yeah. I think I beat uh one of the first Kaizo levels I beat was just wing it his Kaizo College. Oh yeah, and that was a project for me. That mm-hmm. was really hard. You know, I I spent yeah. probably like three weeks. Uh, maybe even longer from the first time I played that to the time where I beat it. Yeah, because you have to get each trick individually and then you have to be consistent enough, right? Yeah. He does, in his Kaizo College levels, he puts oh, in a lot of right. resets, yeah. which is really yeah. nice. So, But if you can't get, if you can't do the skill, you're not going to be able to get past it. Yeah, of course. So you eventually have to do it. But I can play that level so well now. It was, uh, I think, the first thing I ever streamed, actually. 
because I wanted to start on something that I felt comfortable with. Oh, okay. Uh, maybe I can't remember if that's true or not, but um, it's yeah, it's so crazy how these things that look impossible then become doable yeah. through like weeks of grinding away at it, and then become almost like second nature. It's really well, exciting. I love I, it. I was just you and you mentioned the Warp World podcast. Yeah. Um, and I I've been listening to it, and um, there was just, actually the episode was just today. Um, where I um, listened to that already, actually. Um, <laughs> that um crazy episode or the crazy level that yeah flails spent, or fails flotilla fails, yeah fail stream spent like four hundred hours yeah being able to beat this impossible level he created yeah did you see the video of I it? I did watch it. Oh yeah. my god, it's amazing. <laughs> the joy on his face when I've he never seen anything like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he created a level that was so hard that it took him uh, four hundred and eighty hours yep. to upload, which is like you. To upload a level to Mario Maker, you have to be able to beat it from start to finish uh, without using checkpoints. You just have to mm-hmm. be able to beat the whole thing and beat it from each checkpoint. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it took him like a really, 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 really long time, and yeah. he finally got it. That's and dedication. It's so cool. It made like yeah. national news. Yeah, it's amazing. Esports is becoming such a thing. What What I love about it is that I just feel like, you know, I love playing Mario. I love hanging out with people when I play Mario. Mm-hmm. So then it just feels like I'm hanging out with people when I'm playing Mario. Yeah, and I can exactly. do it anytime I want to. It's so great. Anyway, back to Doctor Who. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so how did you feel about the second Doctor? The second Doctor... Peter Troughton. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick Troughton. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tried. <laughs> there are some corners of the universe which have read the most terrible things. Things which act against everything that we believe in. They must be fought. I call David Tennant my doctor, but I think Patrick Troughton is my favorite doctor. Really? Um, for a few reasons. I think he really is the one who firmly established the sort of vagabond, full of adventure um, um, character of the doctor. And also, like, sometimes a little bit, like, stupid, um, which sometimes <laughs> the doctor, like, just gets, like, cocky and, like, does like the wrong thing. Which... He misses the obvious. Yeah, exactly. That's us. that's a better way to put because it. Because he's yeah. so focused on the things that we can't comprehend. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I love that ab- about him. Um, I've heard that Matt Smith modeled his performance after a lot of it. Yeah. Troughton. Um. Even like the bow tie. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um. Is something that I don't think Patrick Troughton always wore, but um, that was definitely one of his things. Wow, and also one of Matt Smith's bit like recurring um, enemies were the Cybermen, which were also a major recurring enemy for the Second Doctor. Cool. Um, How did the character evolve? Um, they um the sort of like lingo they often use to de- describe the Second Doctor is the cosmic hobo, and part yeah. of that is the outfit he wore. He often had this like sort of disgusting fur coat he would wear everywhere and it, and it in fact there are a few episodes where he runs into yetis and he sort of blends in <laughs> um and like i think the other thing i would say is that we get more of an idea that like it's not like the doctor as a teacher with his companions the doctor is sort of is friendly or i mean he was always friendly but he's friends with his companions gotcha and um they they tend to stay with him a lot longer. Um, Interesting. There is one of his companions, um, a, a Scottish man named Jamie McCrimmon, <laughs> um, I believe joins in Patrick Trouton's second story and lasts his entire run. How long um, was he there? Three seasons. Okay. Yeah. Which at the time would have been how many episodes? 
uh, over a hundred. Wow. Yeah. Over a hundred episodes of TV made in three years. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, what was I just going to ask? Shit. I lost it. Never mind. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Um, I was and, so astonished by yeah. that fact that my brain was like, wow, yeah. that's a and lot of work. Holy shit. It's sort of, you can see some like when, when Jamie gets added, you can see some like issues they had in the writing. Cause like he was just supposed to be a one-off character in this episode, that episode that took place in the Scottish Highlands. Uh-huh. And um, then they really liked him. So they're like, let's just add him. Yeah. But they'd already written scripts so like for the oh, next few episodes. Shit. So like suddenly somehow Jamie gets knocked out really early and yeah. like, doesn't really appear the rest of the episode. Crazy. Um, I, re- I remembered what I was going to ask. How long were the episodes? Oh, that's a good question. Um, they were like half hour slots. So they were all like 22, like 25, okay. somewhere in oh, there. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. This is such a bizarre history. Yeah. Like the format is so different. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. So you've got like a bunch of mini arcs, but the episodes themselves are shorter. Yeah. But overall, you still have more time. Oh, yeah. The per season. For sure. Than what we yeah, do it's now. It's not even close. Um, so, so more of the modern take on the character that kind of like love for the universe and love for people. Yeah, for sure. And, and there's um, and humor, right? I, I've heard that he was a very kind of physical. Very funny physically. Yeah. Yeah. There's a like not not his his oh, physicality. Oh, God, oh gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like his physical acting, yes. his performance. Yes, thank you. Not oh, his face. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um yeah. On this Physically sort, he was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> um on the um idea like of the loving um hum- humanity is the wrong word. Um all, all species. Yeah. Um Um there's a famous quote that I'm oh, I wish I could look it up perfectly, but my phone is off because we're recording. Oh no. Um, but it, it's something along the lines of there are, uh, there are places in the universe that have spawned the darkest things, things that defy, defy everything we hold dear. They must be fought. I love it. Something like, so it's more of like, he has a mission, like to, like, it's not just about education anymore. It's oh, about okay. like this, this um he's like the protector of the universe exactly yeah which, which he very much is now exactly yeah so that wasn't even a part of season one what what Not was so much no what was he or doing Doctor in one. season one why why was he traveling with companions in season one um it was um we get we only sort of get hints at it really really um because we never hear really a reference to like the doctor's race or any of his history um he just mentions like in the first episode that he and Susan, which is his granddaughter, are um, stranded from their homeland, and they're s- sort of searching around. And like they'd settled on Earth for a while, but now they'd been found out. Huh. Interesting. So, so the idea of him like protecting the universe comes around yeah. in in the second Doctor's yeah. time. Yeah, the first Doctor has an element of like protecting like the continuity of time we mentioned. Okay, but it's it's very different. Yeah, it's, that's so interesting. It's hard to imagine the show like what it does or doesn't have because i just take so much for granted about of course, the show yeah. having not seen any of this it's really interesting yep. but i i part of the reason i wanted to talk to you is because i'm not really convinced i want to go back and watch it you know yep. like well, now you've convinced me to watch at least the the first episode because yeah. that sounds really cool i think there are certainly watching the entire thing is not for everyone i understand that not yeah. many people are at the level of insane that i am <laughs> um but i think there are like specific episodes from each doctor that are worth watching like yeah i um like i mentioned obviously the very first episode um 
Another great one for the first Doctor. Now we're jumping back again, yeah. but it's Doctor Who. Time doesn't matter. Yeah, um, <laughs> totally. Um, not act- this. Not actually the first da- Dalek story, I don't think, but the second Dalek story where the Daleks invade Earth is an incredible story. Cool. And um, they sort of take parts of humanity hostage, and there's a resist like a resistance movement. It's really well done. Awesome. On the other side, there are definitely episodes like not worth going back to. Yeah. Um, there's um, one episode and um, I believe all but or one story and all but one of the episodes are missing from it. But it's the story about the doctor lands in this magical playland and it's run by this man called the celestial toy maker. <laughs> and it's like really sort of creepy and sort of like the Willy Wonka way uh-huh. where there's this guy manipulating everything. Uh-huh. And it, it's such a good story. And then one of the characters, um, one of the celestial, to- celestial toy makers creations um, deci- tries to decide something with eeny, meeny, miny, mo but uses the original version of that where it's not a tiger you're catching by the toe. It's a word that's a slant oh, rhyme no. of tiger. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Yeah. That's that's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's in which season? Um, I believe that's the first Doctor's second season. It might be his third season. Crazy. And did he do three? He did. He did three and change. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like David Tennant. Yeah. Um, and there's one one other one, story that stands out to me from his season as pretty bad. That's not fair. Just maybe ill-conceived where they, it's called the gunfighters. And like, they go like to the okay corral and like, they, there's a bunch of British people attempting to do Western accents and there's like a musical number. What? And it's, it's something whoa um crazy yeah the ballad of the okay corral and whoa first it's sung like in the continuity like one of like the like bad guys like demands one of the doctor's companions sing this song uh-huh and he's like okay i don't want to get shot i'll sing this song and then like in between scenes like this like random disembodied female voice sings like verses of the song <laughs> it's really weird that's bizarre uh hmm. so so, uh, let's go into the third doctor. Yeah. How did you, who is, who is the third doctor? That's John Pertwee. Well, the whole of creation is very delicately balanced in cosmic terms, Joe. If the master opens the floodgates of Kronos's power, all order and all structure will be swept away. Nothing will be left but chaos. Uh, he dresses, I guess, like a dandy, I would say. He often <laughs> had like capes on and like velvet jackets and like this like shock of white hair on top. And how old was he? Um, I would guess he was in his late 40s, early 50s. Okay. I'm not really certain. Because Hartnell was old. Yeah. And then... Although I don't actually think he was as old as he appeared. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he looks old. Yeah. And Troughton was a little bit younger, yeah. but still on the older side. Yeah. And, and I then... think Pertwee is pushing older than Troughton. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And how would you characterize his doctor? Um, I think he was an attempt to capitalize on James Bond. He's very really? adventurous and like often like doing different stunts. And he he's learned um, Venusian, so from Venus Aikido, which he uses to like <laughs> fight aliens. Um, <laughs> and there's there's also this this is he also at one point tries lulls people to sleep with a Venusian lullaby. Uh huh. 
but it's it's like the melody goes like this just a christmas song yeah um um but um his famous line is um i reverse the polarity of the neutron flow which has been played off in Doc in Modern Who quite a few times. That does sound familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Reverse the polarity. He's reversed the polarity. I just reverse the polarity. Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Reverse its polarity. I reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow. Reverse the polarity. Reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. Um, and apparently, like they settled on that one because he hated memorizing like these strings of like technological really and so like they just like gave him one he could say quite a few times (laughs) whoa cool weird yep but it's really interesting the most sort of striking thing about his his um time is um they wanted they wanted to save money so they basically at the end of the second doctor's run like the time lords it's the first or it's like the first time we meet like his like own species they uh-huh. punish him for like messing with time and they strand him on earth at the end of the second doctor's run. Yeah. So, um, and it only impacts the third doctor. Okay. Like, so they, he's stranded on earth. Yeah. And he's like a James Bond type dude. Yeah. And he's um scientific advisor to an organization that still exists in modern who called unit. unit. Okay, exactly. cool. Yeah. And, um, this actor I mentioned earlier who like pointed out that, um, William Hartnell was was somewhat racist and such things. Played the head of unit, um, the brigadier, who's yeah. mentioned a few times, and is the father of Kate Stewart, who is now in charge of unit in Modern Who. Right, and they like you kind of see his like Cyberman exactly. For a second. Yes. Yeah, 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 totally. I remember yeah. that. That was interesting. Yeah. So that's where all that came from is the Third Doctor's yeah. run. Yeah. And, and how do you, do you like the Third Doctor? How do you feel about him? I like him. He's exciting. And um, I think his episodes in general were at a pretty high quality. Um, not always. Um, <laughs> there's one invi- There's one episode of his called Invasion of the Dinosaurs, where <laughs> they really tried to get dinosaurs to look real on that screen, and they <laughs> did not succeed. <laughs> That's part of the charm of the show, though. Oh, for sure. Um, which is, I was just talking to someone about this, how I feel like in the new who they've kind of lost the campiness yeah which really bums me out and is part of why i'm excited for new showrunner because yeah. i feel like uh stephen moffat really nailed it with matt smith like the camp mm-hmm. level was very high yeah. and anything could happen in that universe and that's part of why i love i love the campiness of mm-hmm. it obviously russell, russell t davies knocked that out of the park oh, yeah i i love the campiness of his four seasons yeah so much uh, and I feel like it's kind of been lost and it makes me a little bit sad. So I'm hoping that we go back in a more camp direction. I like that too. And like some of, I think, um, Mark Gatiss's episode about Robin Hood, it had like that. Yeah. Cause he's a huge fan of classic who, and you can see like that, I think in the yeah. writing. Yeah. There are totally exceptions. Um, I feel like season 10 as a whole, maybe just really veered away from that. Yeah. For sure. And felt very you serious. Mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the newest one, right? Season 10? In my head, it's nine, but I'm not good at numbers. Um, <laughs> I'm a music teacher, not a yeah. math teacher. Well, let's see. We got one with Eccleston, Four, three with uh, Tennant. Yeah. One, two, I'm using fingers. Three with uh, Matt Smith, and then three with Capaldi. So, yes, 10. Uh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, the 10th season, 
which I was loving for most of it, but I really didn't like the finale. And then it made me kind of feel mm-hmm. bad about the whole season. I liked, I liked the finale, but I, um, with the, can we spoiler? Is it too soon? Uh, let's do spoiler alert. So spoiler three, alert. two, one, go. Um, the sort of double master reveal. Yeah. I really liked that because we've seen, there have been multiple episodes um, with multiple doctors. We've never, outside of the audio dramas, <laughs> um, we've never seen a double master yeah. um, episode. I did like that, but I really hated how they had the like John Sims master pretending to be friends with Bill for like 15 years or something. Is he super manipulative? Yeah. yeah it, it was it's uncomfortable. like her only friend for yeah. that long. And then I, everything, everything that happened with Bill in that episode, I hated. I That's really fair. hate yeah. it. And I, I think that what I loved about season 10 was Bill, you know, sure. and actually Bill's relationship to the doctor. I loved, I thought Capaldi was fantastic mm-hmm. in season 10. I love the whole premise of him being uh, a teacher. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And like kind of taking Bill under his wing, even though she's not a student. Yeah. Just, I don't know. All of that just meant so much to me and was so cool. And then they didn't really go anywhere with mm-hmm. that. And beyond that, just kind of like, I just felt like they just threw Bill away at the end. Yeah. And I will say this, and this is just a pet peeve I have. Um, maybe you'll disagree. I really wish Bill had died at the end instead of being saved by the sort of deus ex machina stuff. I hate that too. Yeah, I it, wish that they'd avoided that whole story, but I do agree that when they keep killing companions but finding some exactly, loophole to bring yeah. them back, it just makes the stakes feel so yeah. lame, you know? It, was, I, it bothered me. That bothered me a lot. It was like at the end of... This is not a spoiler. This movie's been out for years. Uh, Avengers, when like um, Tony Stark like goes into space and clearly dies, but then he doesn't. Yeah, or like Coulson dies in the Avengers, yes. but then they, and bring, then him they back bring him back on the TV on the TV show, which yep. they did a decent job of weaving that into the narrative. Yep. But I I feel like Doctor Who wants to kill its companions when it's done with them, but can't. You yeah, know? exactly. It, like the show keeps walking up to that precipice and then stepping away from it mm-hmm. and giving you this happy ending i feel like they did the best job with donna of making it yeah like devastating oh, man was that painful and they didn't pull that punch you know yeah. they they fucking knocked you out and then they walked away and and yeah. then like tenant was done very shortly thereafter yeah. and i was like wow wow it was rough yeah but it was perfect i mean it was so good i really i really liked how they did that mm-hmm. um, yeah. another thing the third doctor is really notable for is um the first appearance of the master Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's played by a man named Roger Delgado. Uh-huh. Sort of this scheming with like a goatee type. Like mustachio. Yeah, exactly. Twirling mustachio. He, he, he like... I can see he, that. He's not subtle at all. He His like famous quote is, I am the master and you will obey me. <laughs> <laughs> it's right out there. Yeah. That's actually... I mean, that, that tracks with the modern version of the character, yeah. you know? <laughs> Look at all those planetary systems, Doctor. We could rule them all. What for? What is the point? The point is that one must rule or serve. That's a basic law of life. Why do you hesitate, Doctor? Surely it's not loyalty to the Time Lords who exiled you on one insignificant planet? You'll never understand, will you? I want to see the universe, not rule it. Then I'm very sorry, Doctor. What was your feeling about the Master when he was first introduced? Um, I think you get the idea immediately that like there's a history between the master and the doctor uh-huh. and they're like there's i think even at the beginning a hint that there's some friendship there like too yeah which i love about i love their that. characters totally and the um 
the writer who um brought brought the master on terry something um, <laughs> um he um says like they've uh, they were thinking like the doctor sort of the sherlock character they needed a moriarty yeah so they they put that together cool yeah it's a very similar yeah. type of relationship yeah where they're both so similar and so brilliant in such a yeah. similar way and kind of respect each other and maybe want to be friends but just can't make exactly. it work because <laughs> they're just so ideologically divided Ex- yeah yeah it's very i love that relationship mm-hmm. i think it's really really cool yeah it it gives a lot of depth to the doctor i think totally so tell me about the fourth doctor now drop your weapons or i'll kill him with this deadly jelly baby kill him then what kill him then Take me to your leader. The fourth doctor is the most famous. He's yeah. the one with the scarf, Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Um, one, he has the best voice there can be. <laughs> I love his voice. And I also, um, um, I think he had some of the most fleshed out companions. Because for a lot of the early Doctor Who, the companions were like this female character who would scream and fall and like the doctor has to save them. And um, the doctor's first, the fourth doctor's first companion, she actually is in a few episodes with the third doctor, is Sarah Jane, uh-huh. who we meet in um, School Reunion yeah. in Modern Who. Yeah. And co-starring Rupert Giles from Buffy the Vampire yes. Slayer. <laughs> um, and she immediately is much more empowered. Um, cool. There's, um, I think his second story um, is called Ark in Space. And um, there's one time like, she's having to squeeze through something and she's like struggling with it. And he was like, Oh, of course a woman. And she's like, what? And she like gets out. <laughs> and like, he was like, and then like the doctor, like, puts it, like I knew that would make you, but, but like, she's definitely a um, much more fleshed out character. And I cool. Like, she's not just like this random person working with the doctor. She's a journalist who's like looking into unit. Oh. And that's how she runs into the doctor. Oh, cool. That's a great yeah. premise. So she's more of like a an equal to him? A little bit more, yeah. As as much as anyone could be, yeah. I guess. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, so what what's your feeling about Tom Baker? I know that he's very highly regarded in the fan community. Yeah. I think he he captured a lot of great aspects of the doctor, but one of the best ones was he was really alien. Hmm. I mean, there were times like he he's like hard to like connect with a little bit. Um I mean there are other times he's it's really easy and you can see where his emotions are leading him. But there are other times where he, he's just like this otherworldly being and it's a little bit hard to like jive with him, but it, yeah, it makes, it makes sense. There's um one of like his best story arcs he has is called Genesis of the Daleks uh-huh. where the time Lords send him back to like stop the Daleks being created. Oh, cool. And, and that's where we meet Davros for the yeah. first time. And, I almost said Davos, but that's Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, he um, gets in a position where he can do it. He can like eliminate the Daleks and he has this, and like the motivation is to do that, right? Like yeah. the Daleks are terrible. And in fact, Sarah Jane keeps telling him, how can you not do this? Yeah. And he was like, do I have the right to do this? And it's this super beautiful, conflicted speech. Wow. And, and he talks about like people different species might come together out of 
fear of the Daleks and getting rid of them would ruin that. And it's yeah. just this higher level of like astronomic thinking that like, yeah, you wouldn't think about, I guess. I love that. Yeah. yeah. There's an episode of next generation where Picard has the chance to wipe out the board and yeah. has to wrestle with whether or not to do it. Mm-hmm. A very like similar sort of thing. I love that kind of stuff in science fiction. Cause yeah. I love, I love uh, presenting the idea of like who, who has the right to choose? Probably yeah. nobody, you know, probably nobody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Tom, Tom Baker, I think also he was the one who, um, of all the doctors felt most like connected to the role. Like mm. he was the doctor for a long time, right? Yeah. I, seven seasons, I think. Wow. Um, how many episodes do you know? So by his time, the seasons were a little bit shorter. Okay. But I, let's see. Like six stories per season, about four to six per per story. Yeah. Like maybe like two to 300. That seems high. 200. Somewhere around 200. Yeah. Crazy. That's so many episodes. And that's yeah. still, are we still half hour at that point? We're still half hour. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So they're still making a crazy amount per season. Yeah. yeah crazy. Um, and um, he actually, he had really, he sort of famously had said, like, I don't need a companion. Really? And like, so there's like one episode that takes place on Gallifrey called The Deadly Assassin, which is such a Doctor Who title. Because uh-huh. what, what other type of assassin is there? <laughs> um, and it's him alone. And. It sort of works. He has moments where he's sort of speaking to himself a little bit. So you can see like there's a need for yeah. s- for someone else there. <laughs> um, but um, another really, he brings, there's a lot of humor brought into the show. With, well, two things. At, s- earlier in his run, there's sort of a lot of gothic horror. Huh. And it, it's like a little bit darker. Um, but then later he gets more and more sort of goofy. And I think part of that is they brought on a new script editor, a mm-hmm. um, man named Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, of course. Yeah. yeah Hitchhiker's um, Guide to the Galaxy. Exactly. Yeah. And um, he actually wrote a few scripts. Yeah. One of the best ones is City of Death, which um, has um, as a cameo John Cleese in it. Oh, um, fun. Yeah. Very funny episode. It takes yeah. place in Paris. It's one of, I think it's the first time they filmed on location. Wow. That's actually, I've been thinking about going back to watch classic Doctor Who. That's where I was thinking about starting was like Douglas Adams written episodes yeah. uh, of of uh, Tom Baker. Yeah. Just because I just fucking love Douglas Adams yeah. so much. I, his like crazy dry humor juxtaposed with like really intense tragedy mm-hmm. in the Hitchhiker's Guide books yeah. is one of my favorite combinations. It's like a really peculiar cocktail that works very well for me. Well, um, I- I will tell you that that will be a fairly limited watch because he himself only wrote three episodes. Oh, and, really? And only two of them were completely filmed. Oh, no. Yeah, there's this <laughs> sort of lost episode um, that it was actually another one that was filmed on location um, in Cambridge that uh-huh. um, oh, there was something like a strike or something and they couldn't finish filming it. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I know that the third book in The Hitchhiker's Guide... Uh, trilogy which is actually five books maybe mm-hmm. six is, yeah. was a doctor who story that he wrote that he then repurposed as a hitchhiker's guide story oh i didn't realize that yeah uh it doesn't necessarily work so well 
it kind huh. of doesn't quite fit the hitchhiker's world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's my least favorite of the five, and I just I'm I've been rereading them for a long time, <laughs> and I'm on the last one again now. But I read them all quite a while ago, and the first time I read it, I had no idea that it was written as mm-hmm. a different type of story, like for something else. And I was now that I'm familiar with Doctor Who and that I found that out, yeah. I thought about it this time. And I, I could almost see it as a Doctor Who episode, but I think enough was changed that it didn't quite uh, make sense. Um, like, who would have been who? And also, I'm just not familiar with Tom Baker's ears sure. at all. Now, I'm trying to remember. Didn't um, the uh, the author who wrote Artemis Fowl write another one in that in the um, Hitchhiker series? I feel I like... I think so. I haven't I read like, it. Uh, I haven't either. I just yeah. feel like I read something about it. I think... I think I remember something about another book being written by someone else mm-hmm. or maybe like finishing a book that uh, could have been Douglas that. Adams had started or something like that. Yep. Uh, and I don't remember the author's name and I've never read Artemis Fowl. So that's where my sure. knowledge ends. But, <laughs> uh, but I think that exists. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I would say, um, if you want to watch like really good Tom Baker, any episode of season 13 is great. Wow. 13. We're already yeah. at 13. Yeah. Season and which of his seasons is that? Um, second. Yeah, that's his second season. Yeah. Okay. So did he kind of have the character out of the gate, or did it take him a while to get into it? I think by his second story, he he was pretty much there. Wow. Um, the first the first episode is called um Robot, and it's a little bit janky, and <laughs> but um yeah, the second episode he he sort of had it very creepy alien nice. wonderfulness is there anything in particular that that you think he added to the character <sighs> um <laughs> i think there was a gravitas he brought a little bit too. like mm-hmm. we had gone sort of like with with pertwee it was sort of like this dramatic adventure but like tom baker had like such a presence yeah um is yeah. that the first time? Because for me, what I love about Doctor Who is that I feel the weight of the universe on this man's shoulders yeah. when you watch it. Is that yeah. the first time? I think, think I think that's like where you feel it really strongly. Like I mentioned that Patrick Troughton had like references to like it being important to fight like evil in the universe. But like yeah. the sort of like, yeah, you can see like he's walking in like a higher plane, I think. He's making decisions for the universe. Yeah. yeah very cool. Who was next? Um, So the next one was Peter Davison. This creature is here now because it bonded with me. To do so, it needed something very special. Full and precise details of my biological makeup. Now, I didn't pass this information on. Somebody did. The question is who? And Um, he's the celery guy. He's the celery guy. Yeah, yeah. That's the one I think Carolyn said she had a crush on when she was on the show. He's pretty cute. (laughs) Um, He was the youngest to date. Yeah. Or youngest of the classic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's not even really... To date back then. Oh, I see what yeah, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not today. Yeah. yeah. Um, Matt Smith is the youngest ever, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So, um, let's see. Peter Davison had um, had this whole history of being um, on a different um, British show. Um, I'm not going to get it. All Things Big and Beautiful. It was about a veterinarian. <laughs> um, something like that. Yeah. Um, and he sort of brought that sort of caring aspect to the doctor he's definitely i think the most like emotionally available of all the doctors oh cool um there's um one um 
companion he has at one point named Tegan who gets very upset at how something's gone and like runs out and is like, it stopped being fun anymore. And that's her exit. And, and he has this whole thing. That, there should have been another way. And wow. he, he's like very visibly upset about it. Um, yeah. For a while, um, um, I, I, I considered him my favorite doctor just cause of wow that sort of aspect, which is another thing we see in modern doctor who at times. Um, yeah, he also, his run coincided with the, um, 15th, um, is that 15th? Yeah. 20th. I'm trying to remember, um, which anniversary they did this for. Let's see. We're on doctor number five. Yeah. We have six, six, seven, 15, maybe. I think it's that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, it is. That makes sense with the math, right? <laughs> no, seven. No, years. no, it's definitely the 20th. I'm is it the 20th? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Because we, the first doctor was three years. Second doctor was three years. Third Doctor was how long? Um, third Doctor was, I believe, four years. Oh, okay. Um, fourth and then Doctor, fourth was, doctor was seven. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Regardless. So, yeah, so the fifth Doctor would have hit the 20... How long was, was he in the role? I think three years. So that... Was it the last... His last year would be 20 I think, years? Yeah, it was, yeah, I believe it was his last year. I think that makes sense. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go with it. it. Let's go with that. Don't check it, though. Um, yeah, please don't look that up. <laughs> um, um, they did um, a special called the five doctors oh shit where um they got four doctors to star in it oh let me guess william hartnell wasn't there well that's accurate but that's not even <laughs> um yeah um william hartnell had died but they recast oh. him oh for it and like the the actor i think just decided he wasn't gonna play william hartnell because he's not really that close to like the character it's just like i didn't even know that happened because yeah. that's happening again for the christmas yeah. special um but also, Tom Baker didn't want to come back. Really? Yeah, I think he was like, it's too soon. Like, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think maybe he didn't want to share the role. Wow. Um, so they like, what this um, episode of Douglas Adams that like they hadn't finished. Yeah. They used sort of stock footage from that to Whoa. sort of get him in there a little bit. Interesting. Um, but, That's so um, funny because he was in the 50th anniversary special. Yeah. And for that little yeah. cameo at the end. Yeah. I guess he needed a little bit of time. Yeah, he needed some time. <laughs> and that was enough. Yeah. But, That's uh, really interesting. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And there's... How's the episode, The Five Doctors? It's not great. Really? Um, what a shame. They, um, I think like they had to make a lot of changes at the end. And like they introduced this like creature um, called the Rastin Warrior Robot or something along those lines. It's just supposed to be the deadliest fighter in, in um, the world or in the universe. Yeah. And have you ever watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Like so many times. All right. So it's essentially a silver version of Green Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this guy in this lycra spandex full body suit. What? Um, and he like has like spears that appear and he throws them. It's oh my the God. least intimidating thing this you can imagine. completely ran out of money. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um, That's insane. Um there is, we, we skipped this, but during the third Doctor's run for um, the 10th anniversary, they did a three Doctor special, which did... Oh, wow. Um, it was mostly two Doctors plus a little, little bit of William Hartnell, because he was very sick at that point and couldn't even make it to the studio. Oh, my so God. So he had some little film things, and that is a great episode. It's worth watching. That's the so three cool. Doctors. Wow. So the five Doctors, they recast William Hartnell with someone yeah. who didn't even try. Yeah. 
Tom Baker, they used uh, old footage because yeah. he wouldn't show up. And then they had the other three. Yeah. And okay. like a bunch of old companions too, which was cool. Fun. I love that kind of shit. Yeah. I love that Doctor Who does that every once in a while because like gives me hope for the future. I yeah. mean, what if we saw... I mean, Eccleston might come back someday. You know, he didn't want to last time, but... I hope so. I that would be so that cool. Would be cool. Yeah, I feel like the tide of fandom has kind of been very kind to him in the Doctor yeah. Who world, even though he left very quickly. And yeah. I think that he's he gets so much love from it. I th- it seems like... Uh, and the showrunners have all changed and everything. It seems like he loves the character and he loves the show mm-hmm. and his issues were with the the people he was working with and the, yeah, what they wanted what to do. Yeah. So maybe he'll come back someday. I, would, yeah. I, could, I could see it happening. The I one mean. other thing worth saying about the five doctors is that they did like a promotional photo shoot. And again, they couldn't get Tom Baker. Yeah. So they have this not like somewhat realistic wax figure in the picture. What? And it's, it's really disconcerting. That's crazy yeah. talk. That's so weird. <laughs> um, weird. And so wait, fifth doctor was Peter Davidson, Peter Davidson. And he was your favorite for a while. Yeah. So when does the show start to turn? Like, I know that it's really, really popular in the BBC for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then people feel like it kind of went in a bad direction. And, um, Sure. Um, well, toward the end of um, The Fifth Doctor, you can see budget is starting to get cut because the sets start to look janky. Yeah. But I think the public really started losing favor when we get to The Sixth Doctor. Okay. Um, and who, which was the Colin guy? Colin Baker. Colin Baker, yeah. who you mentioned before, yeah. right? He's the one with the very smug face. Yes. <laughs> oh, I should um, just quickly, um, The Fifth Doctor's regeneration story. Yeah. Is, it's worth mentioning one thing about it. It's it's um a pretty um well liked episode called the Caves of Androzani, and um they the Doctor sort of sacrifices himself to save his companion whose name is Perry. Uh huh. And um the at the very end, um the Doctor is sort of lying on the ground and Perry's leaning over him, and um Peter Davison likes to say he was really upstaged and as he was acting his heart out because. There is so much cleavage being shown by his companion. <gasps> oh my gosh. I mean, it's it's notable. Wow. Um, Crazy. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty like I can't believe it it made it in that way. Is do you have any idea about behind the scenes what was going on? I really don't, although the um producer at the time, Jonathan Nathan Turner, um said uh, has said at one point that one of the companions jobs was to keep the fathers watching also. So, ah, yeah. Creepy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, wow. That's bizarre. But then, so the sixth doctor comes in and, um, immediately starts like acting super pompous. You seem to forget Perry. I'm not only from another culture, but another planet. I am in your terms, an alien. I'm therefore bound to have different values and customs. Your former self was polite enough. Yeah, there's such a cost. I was on the verge of becoming neurotic. Well, we all have to repress our feelings from time to time. I suggest you get back into the habit. And I would suggest, Perry, that you wait a little before criticizing my new persona. You may well find it isn't quite as disagreeable as you think. I really struggled to find like episodes of his that are worth watching and like there's some in trial of a time lord that like l- long full season arc that it, it are worth it but like a lot of them are like like he strangles his companion and he has this terrible outfit and like he's 
in other, another episode, super violent, like throws like a villain into like this pool of acid. And hmm. um, there is one, oh, we should look up this picture. Um, <laughs> one alien we see in Trial of a Time Lord called the Vervoids, which I want you to Google and get your reaction to okay. it. I, I want to hear that live. <laughs> okay, we're doing it. Vervoids. V-E-R-V-O-I-D. When you, when you type that in, what pops up is vervoids look like. <laughs> I'll click that. Let's see what we get. What the fuck? <laughs> Whoa. They're like... They're like plants crossed with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles crossed with vaginas. Yep, there's no other way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> that is insanity. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> they're, they're crazy looking. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. And they also, like, when you go in closer, it kind of looks like the red skull. Like the face. Oh, yeah, sure. I I see that. Wearing, like, a lotus flower <laughs> helmet. And they they have, like, leaves on them. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Halloween costume. There you go. <laughs> um, the one thing I'll say that is worth it of the Sixth Doctor is that it's an actor that came back for the audio um, range, huh? And he is much more likable there. Um, yeah, it might. Was it the writing or the acting or what do you I think? think? I think it's. I think it was probably more the writing, although he he did act it pretty pompous too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he um, in the audio dramas right away, he's given this new companion who really puts him in his place. Nice, and it it just really humbles him. Um, completely different interesting sort of taken and he was so with this yeah. is the one we were talking about before where he was in the trial of the time lord yeah so how many seasons did he do um i believe he did two before the trial of a time lord okay and that was like a season long story yeah wow and they'd never done that before right no there was one ep- run of the first doctor's episode or the, uh, for the first doctor that was 12 episodes long um Inside most of, of like which a is missing 30 something episode season yeah most of that one's missing um but it's called the dalek master plan yeah um and it's another one that's a pretty desired missing episode oh yeah probably pretty unlikely yeah but it you al- never know yeah it you also has the doctor breaking the fourth wall um really a christmas special whoa um and one of the doctor's companions at the time is named steven and so they call it the, it's called the Feast of Stephen. Uh-huh. And at the very end, like they're like celebrating Christmas and the doctor turns to the camera and, and I, this is what we know happened. I've never seen it because it's missing. And he yeah. says like, and, and by the way, a Merry Christmas to all of you too. Weird. Yeah. I don't like that. No. It's, I don't want to see yeah. that. <laughs> um, so the fan, fans didn't really care for the sixth doctor. No. He, and did it affect like the ratings of the show? Oh yeah, I think think wow. they lost a lot, and so they tried to bring it back with the seventh Doctor, um, Sylvester McCoy. Every great decision creates ripples, like a huge boulder dropped in a lake. The ripples merge, rebound off the banks in unforeseeable ways. The heavier the decision, the larger the waves, the more uncertain the consequences. The show started to pick up again when he got a new companion. He'd had a layover from the the sixth doctor okay um, but he got this new companion named ace <laughs> who is awesome she um is just sort of this real punk who like 
There's one time she like beats a Dalek with a baseball bat. Oh my god! Um, she carries around like some explosives um, called Nitro Nine, oh, which cool. she uses at different times. And the show um goes pretty dark. Um, the Doctor sort of goes on this quest to get rid of um some of like the more powerful evil forces in the universe. Um, it, it's pretty epic. Um, there. One of the best episodes is um, the doctor goes, it's called The Curse of Fenric, and the doctor goes after this sort of, I guess, sort of Norse evil power. Um, and while, like, the main, like, fight is going on, the doctor's just playing chess with this guy. Huh. Um, it's, it's really, really wonderful. Wow. So you're, you're a fan of Sylvester McCoy? I like him a lot, yeah. And th- we're getting into what, the... <sighs> Um, late 70s no we're in the 80s now we're in the 80s now yeah okay. sylvester mccoy went until um 89 and he did um three seasons three seasons yeah and is he well liked among the fandom yeah pretty pretty much so um i i got a real thrill um seeing him in the hobbit um he Was played he radagast hobbit? he played radagast yeah oh the wizard yeah oh my god yeah, the brown wizard with all the animal friends. Yeah, I remember him. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I didn't put uh, that together. One good thing out of the Hobbit movies. Maybe that's a controversial thing to say. Oh, here. man. <laughs> I the, the first one and the third one are okay. Yeah. The second one is Oof. awful. I saw the second one at home, and I, was, I had testicular cancer a couple years ago. And I was like home recovering from that, watching oh, that didn't help, the sure. second Hobbit movie. I'm like, this is the worst. <laughs> I went. This out is to... supposed to make me feel yeah. better, and it is making me angry. <laughs> I went out to see it at midnight, and I was, <laughs> oh god, not pleased with that decision. It's terrible. It's yeah. such a. I mean, I only watched it that one time, but it was such a bad movie. Mm-hmm. The third one wasn't good, but I was like, fine. It wasn't as bad as the yeah. second. And I saw it. I uh, I like pirated this terrible <laughs> version of it, and it was blurry. You could barely see what was happening, and it made the special effects look a little better <laughs> because it kind of blended into the background oh, a little wow. more. I'm sure I was high when I watched it. Oh, and I, I had a good time. It was fun. <laughs> it was a nice experience. I watched it with my friend Lindsay. We had a great time. Nice. Uh, but it was still just okay. I don't yeah. know. The original three are so good. What happened mm-hmm. anyway? So then there's only one more before we get to Modern Who, yeah. right? Paul McGann. Yeah, he's the eighth Doctor. A meteor storm. Sky above us was dancing with lights. Purple, green, brilliant, yellow, yes! What? These shoes! They fit perfectly. Yes. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it just like one movie that he it did? It was one TV movie. TV movie. Yeah, okay, and, crazy. Um, it had, and it was like co-produced with um, Fox in the United States because they, they just wanted to do it. That was the way they were able to do it. Yeah. And it's filmed, I believe it was filmed in Vancouver, actually. Weird. Um, crazy. But, Just like Stargate, SG One, oh, really? and all the other shows, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think like the standard like opinion on it is that like the Doctor was awesome and the movie was terrible. Yeah, that's actually what I've yeah. heard. I've heard that I, I've I've met a couple people that were big Whovians that yeah. loved Paul McGann. Yeah, and I've I've overheard several conversations of people saying, "Yeah, I wish that he'd been brought back to yeah. you know." Had, with a better writer or with a with a whole yeah. season of TV or anything. Yeah, the TV movie had had like an uh, like a backdoor pilot option and yeah. it, it wasn't picked up. Oh, bummer. Um I will say I'm, I know I'm pushing this a lot. The audio dramas <laughs> um do continue his story. Cool. And that's one of 
maybe my favorite thing on the audio like line. Like yeah. he's incredible. He's sort of like this Byron esque adventurer, and yeah, he gets some just wonderful companions. And I, I yeah. that sounds awesome. And he did, he did come back. Yeah, uh, during. Like right around the time of the fiftieth yeah, anniversary, for the night of the Doctor. Yeah, and he filmed yeah. the regeneration into Christopher John Eccleston. John Hurt. No, John Hurt. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry, John Hurt, the uh, the War Doctor. Yeah, that's right. And then we never did we see we never saw the War Doctor regenerate. No, we um we saw like a hint of him sort of turning into Eccleston, but oh, did we? I forgot like, that. Yeah, in the, I mean, like in a the fiftieth anniversary yeah. episode. Yeah, I, yeah, I have this weird memory of like of thinking I saw someone turn into Christopher Eccleston, but I can't remember who it was yeah. or when it was or what happened. Yeah. He it says something that. like, I hope, I hope my ears turn out normal this time. <laughs> and then like, you see it start to happen, but then yeah. like, they cut away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quick aside. How did you feel about the war doctor being inserted into the continuity? I didn't really mind it at all. I liked it actually. I thought, yeah. cause we hear so much about the time war and like, it's it was for me um really hard to imagine like Paul McGann's doctor doing it cuz he's mm-hmm. like much and he's a he's much more like romantic and artsy it, it just didn't make sense yeah um so i i think i mean you could see maybe Christopher Eccleston's doctor doing it but and i think the original plan was for the 50th was to have him like in that role but then right when, he that's true. Decided yeah. not to come back. They they made some, up the war yeah. doctor. That's true. I yeah. I have read that also, like yeah. in an interview from Stephen Moffat himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so interesting. So how? Oh, what? When was the TV movie? How long had the yeah. show been off the air before um, the TV movie? That was happened? in 1995. So 95. Yeah. Whoa. Weird. And then when did the show get canceled? Um, 89. 89. So there's yeah. like that's. I mean, that's yeah. you know the dark years. Not too long, but uh, like close yeah. enough that it was still in people's memories. Yeah. So then the movie gets made, it doesn't get picked up, yep. and then there's another 10 years yeah. before the show is rebooted mm-hmm. on the BBC. That's so interesting. That's crazy. And it, I, um, from what I've heard, it almost didn't happen at all because like, Russell T. Davies had really wanted to do it. And then he was just like, oh, they're going to make fun of me if I suggest this. And like eventually like got up the courage to like say it to one of the BBC producers. And then he was like, Oh, she's gonna think I'm so stupid, and then like she like talked. She was like actually excited about it. Yeah, and the rest is history. Exactly. So, what's your personal rank for the for doctors? Like, oh, give me your gosh. give me your top your top three favorites, <sighs> and then I want to hear your All like right. I want to hear your top three favorites, and then your bottom three doctors. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give you some annoying stipulations. Okay, perfect. Am I counting audio or not? <laughs> uh, I'd say. On screen only. Okay. All right. Um, well, I'd put my the second Doctor in my favorite. He's my favorite. He's your number one. Yeah. I, wow. I love him. He's he's just great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 10th um, Doctor, David Tennant. Oh, see, now I have to like draw a line somewhere. Yeah. Who are you choosing between? I'm debating around Capaldi right now. Um, Capaldi and um, Davison. Okay. Um, and they're so different. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go um, with Davison, I think. Yeah, well, I've said it. Let's go yeah. with that. <laughs> and then is Capaldi your fourth? Yeah. 
Um, and Matt Smith. Ah, oh God, it's not. That's not a fair question. I know. I'm um, sorry. Uh, my least favorite Doctor just on screen is definitely the Sixth Doctor. Yeah. Um. Then. Um. And I guess we're not counting uh, Peter Cushing because it yeah, like, yeah, that's not fair. That's like completely outside of yeah. the continuity. He's not even yeah. numbered. There actually was um another one like after like the TV movie like they were like did one like animated movie that that ha- or like animated um string of episodes which had Richard E Grant um who played the great intelligence eventually in the show oh um playing um the doctor for that one off um but we probably can't count him either yeah um i get oh, are there probably, any i mean probably I, the first doctor he just okay. wasn't quite yeah. where it would be and are there any other that you just aren't wild about? Because from what we've talked about, I get the feeling that those are the only two that you have kind of mixed emotions on. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's sort of like you said, they're, they all are so different, but also so the same character. And that's what's so great about it. Yeah. yeah. And you've listed a lot of new Who doctors yeah. in your top. Yeah. So you fell in love with the show with New Who, then you went back yeah. and watched all the classics. How do you feel about them as a whole, is, can you sure. kind of imagine if you'd seen it all in, in order? In order, how like how does the new who fit into the old continuity? Does it feel like the same show? I think they, I think it does. I think they worked really hard to not like contradict anything they'd done. I think the Doctor's character is pretty similar, uh, or like the sort of core like tenets of the Doctor. There's yeah. a pun. Um, <laughs> um, um and um i mean the one thing that changed although it, it really started to change with the eighth doctor is like the sort of idea of the doctor as like a rom- like someone who could be romantic with a companion huh that that was really not that, a that thing. changed with um palm again palm again yeah he huh. he there's a kiss in the tv movie um, Ooh. yes yeah um, i guess that kind of leads well into the ninth doctor yeah for yeah. sure and tenth doctor yeah Definitely the tenth Doctor. Yeah, for sure. And eleventh yeah. Doctor. Yeah, why not? So, sort of. Not the twelfth. Not the twelfth. No. <laughs> the thirteenth. Maybe we'll Question see. Mark. Yeah. Uh, man, do you do you feel like a Doctor Who scholar? Like is this, a little bit. Yeah, it's like something you've like studied. Yeah, and like, what's interesting to me is every now and like that there are people who know like so much more than me too. And, yeah. Um, like the people who are like chasing the missing episodes, they've like studied like the crazy like distribution chains and like, like a level of like study that like is insane to me, but I admire. They're like the Indiana Joneses, exactly of Lost Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. It belongs in a museum. Yeah, <laughs> the, like um, apparently one guy, one guy, because episodes at one point were sent to Iran, and he tried to like sneak into like find the episodes whoa right? i guess he got in trouble for that i would imagine yeah. he would yeah <laughs> jeez yeah that's dedication though yeah uh is there like a is there like a list of episodes that are worth watching and not worth watching have you made a list of I'm, i've made a list oh you have yeah oh my god can i share it sure yeah i would love to I'll send it to you yeah i can put a link like i mean I, you know, we'd be here all day if we talked about all the stories that are oh, worth and not sure, worth yeah. watching but i would love to have that for myself yeah, just definitely. in case I want to go back and then also share it with the the listeners. I think yeah. that'd be so cool. I love that. That's awesome. Oh, definitely. Very cool. I'll, I'll tell you like what I charge for it. And yeah, uh, perfect. <laughs> we'll, we'll go from there. 
Um, do you have any other any other thoughts about Doctor Who and how it sits in your life? Sure. I, I guess I'm um, because I get the question all the time. Why this show? Yeah. Um, um, and I think like it's a the the Doctor is just like this character that like. Is not he doesn't have really really I mean like he's got like sometimes psychic powers but he's not like a super powered person per se yeah um and he's just trying to do the right thing in every situation and like even in when like the stakes are like galactic sized yeah he's just always trying to like do the moral choice yeah. and like I find that really inspirational yeah I I totally yeah. agree I think that's a big piece of why i'm so drawn to mm-hmm. the show yeah that's awesome well jacob thank you so much Definitely. this was fantastic yeah this was i fun. learned a lot and i uh, i'm someone who's also a completist so it's mm-hmm. actually hard for me to kind of <laughs> have these big gaps and i actually have spent a lot a lot of time not as much as you but uh you know tens of hours <laughs> uh maybe an hour may no maybe two watching videos on youtube about the old doctors sure. to kind of get a feel like there's these, this history of doctor who series on YouTube where they explain oh, okay. a little bit about each doctor. So I have like a little bit of a frame of reference, but I've never uh, just talked to someone about mm-hmm. what it was like to watch it all. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. Well, since you mentioned the number of hours, do you want to know? Yes. Um, if you watch all of doctor who it's about 15 days, 15 days. Yeah. What? Yep. I want to do the math. Like 15 24-hour days. It's about that, yeah. Okay. 15 times 24. 360 hours Whew. of Doctor Who. That's yep. crazy. And Let's I did that in two weeks. No, that's oh, how long uh, did it actually take impossible. Um, <laughs> um, I did a vast majority of it within a year. Wow. Yeah. So, let's see. Star Trek has, I think, 726 episodes. They're about 44 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Divided by... 60, 532 hours. So, wow, Star Trek has got Doctor Who beat. Yeah, look at that. Wow. So, yeah, that makes it less daunting for me. Because I've done that before. You know, I've watched something longer. You know, I have a source for you of the DVDs if you're ever interested. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I I may have to take you up on that. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything that you do that you want to share? If you live in Seattle, you could come to the Seattle Jewish Chorale concerts. Hell yeah. <laughs> I've been. It was great. Uh, it was it was really cool. Because, you know, I'm, I'm Jewish. I grew up mm-hmm. going to synagogue from time to time. And it's it's a very comforting thing to hear yeah. the, the music of yeah. my people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Jacob, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. I've posted Jacob's list of recommended Doctor Who episodes for each of the classic Doctors on my website. There's a link in the show notes. You'll also find links to support the show through Patreon or PayPal, and I hope you'll consider doing so. Check out my website, jessemercury.com, for my extensive podcast library and my sci-fi synth-pop music and music videos. Next week, we're talking Star Trek Discovery, and I am so, so excited. Until then, stay nerdy out there. Nerdy.